Amen. Let us read in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that he may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore take unto you the whole arm of God that he may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins got about with the tooth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. And your feet showed with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all having Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may uh, open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. As Paul solicited for prayers from the saints, I also solicit your prayers. Yeah, that God will always inspire and anoint and bless uh, the ministry. For which I am an ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. May the Lord add blessing to the reading of his word. You Amen. Uh, this subject, we call it a dressed-up Christian soldier. Twaguita. Twaguita. Omukristayo. 
For I preached on Wednesday this week. Last week. And now I've uh, chosen to continue with it. Now, first of all, he said, uh, You must know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Uh, when you don't understand who your enemy is, then you, lo- you lose the, 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 the fight. Yeah, you'll be defeated. You must know who your enemy is. Now, he tells you your enemy is not flesh and blood. In other words, your enemy is not a human being. Your enemy is the devil. Your enemy is a spirit. Many times we look at our wives and we say they are bad, or our husbands, they are bad. Or our, or our children, or our neighbors, or our parents, or our workmates, or our bosses. He say he hates me, they don't like me, they jealous about me. And, but... Your enemy is not that person. You must know your enemy is the devil. And the devil does not work just in the air. He takes flesh. Amen. So he enters someone you love all that is very precious to you. He enters uh, him. Or her and the person becomes a contrary. And it is not that person, it is the enemy. I gave an example when Brother Branham's daughter cried the whole night and he could not sleep. And he said, now this is the devil and he's after my ministry. And he got the, the kid and prayed for her and cast out the spirit and she slept. And Brother Bram said from that moment she became the most peaceful girl. Why? Because the enemy left. The enemy left. You see the devil can enter your child. The devil can enter your neighbor. But your neighbor is not the evil one. Your husband is not the evil one. The evil one is the devil. Bed bugs can enter your bed. And your bed becomes very uncomfortable for you. You don't burn your bed. Your bed has no problem. But it has been uh, invaded. It has been intruded by the enemy. Your bed is still as good and precious. So what do you do? You find a way of destroying the bed bugs and remain with your precious bed. 
Amen. Amina. So the devil can take hostage your neighbor, your child, your husband, your parents. And then they use them. They hide behind them against you and they are innocently being used. So, your target should, you know, you should know what, how to focus your target. Let it be to the enemy but not to your precious people. So blessed be the name of the Lord. If you don't know how to fight, you lose, you lose the battle. Amen. And now he goes ahead and says how we must be dressed. And so Paul here is speaking of a soldier dressing Going to war. A soldier getting himself in armor. Preparing for a battle. And I kind of like the way that he placed it. Preparation. You know, I believe it was Lincoln that said one time, in the time of peace, prepare for war. In other words, you must be a prepared soldier. Amen. In time of peace, prepare for war. And that would be a good thing for us to think about. In time while everything is running smooth. Along, you are in a convention now and everything will just pour along fine. But you are going to live here in a few days. And you are going to meet the enemy. He might not even wait till you get ready to leave. He might attack any time. Amen. So he is wicked and ruthless. He just carries on. Whenever he can, whatever he can say or do, he does it. He does it right now. So it's best to be dressed all the time. Amen. It's like Israel, how they keep prepared for war against the Hezbollahs. Because they know any time they can attack. You might meet him out on the street. You might, him, you might meet him in the car. Yeah, you can meet the devil on the street. But how many have ever seen the devil walking in the streets? You see him in people. Then he takes a, you know, hostage and then he enters them. And uses them. You might meet him in the car. You never know the devil can enter your car and disconnect things and disorganize things. And then you get so troubled. 
Sometimes it's good even to pray for your car, even for your instruments. The devil can enter this microphone and disorganize it. Disorganize the service. The devil can take off off electricity now to disrupt the service. It's good to see those things. And you look at who the enemy is. And you pray against him. Amen. And uh, me right at the pulpit here anywhere. is just wicked. And he doesn't care. So we want to be prepared for it. And this great teacher Paul. St. Paul was teaching the church how to put on the armor. And he was likening it to a soldier getting ready for the great battle ahead. If the devil could enter Brother Branham's kid to cry the whole night so that he troubles the family so that he disorganizes Brother Branham, attacking his ministry that way. The devil can enter your child and make him a drunkard or make a drunkard. And the devil is targeting you. So we must know who we are fighting. We We must know who is our enemy. And when that happens, then you must know how to get engaged in the spiritual warfare and fight the devil. If you succeed and the devil lives, that child will be very good. That child will be okay. Because the devil has left. Brother Bram told us when the devil, the enemy has taken our inheritance, we go to court. He said it's like a squatter. If your father left you an inheritance, it may be land, it may be a house. And then a squatter comes and occupies it. He said you sue him in court. And you produce all the evidence that that property belongs to you. It's legally yours. And then the court will be convinced. And when the court is convinced, they will send the enforcer, the law enforcers. And they will enforce the, your claims upon that's quarter. And evict him. You, you cannot uh, confront him and manage. But the, he cannot with stand the court orders. Because the court eviction and the law enforcers, they are, they are, they all the weapons and all the forces of the government are behind them. 
So he said, when the devil takes your health, when he takes your joy in the Lord, when you are, he takes your privilege of being a son or a daughter of God, oh, when he takes your children, you go to the court, to the court of heaven, and report your case by the word of God. You show your legal rights. Your legal ownership. And you claim your child. You claim your health. You claim the salva- your salvation. And then the judge of the heavens and the earth will rule to our favor. And then he will send his law enforcer. They said the law enforcer of heaven is the Holy Ghost. He said he's the FBI agent of God. And he will come and enforce your claims upon the devil. And say leave. And when the devil leaves your child. He will be okay. When the devil leaves your health, you will be okay. And we are here, the church of God. Because the Bible says the government will be upon the shoulders of Jesus Christ. And the shoulders of Jesus Christ means the bride. The bride is the body of Jesus Christ. In the shoulders is the body. So the, the authority of Jesus is upon the bride. Oh, may the Lord help us to be well dressed as really government officials of the kingdom of heaven as government agents who know who they, who, where we are and who we are that we can stand before the devil and disarm him and send him where he belongs in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise be the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And that's uh, our, our mandate in these last days. He says, watch him. He goes ahead and says the helmet, the breastplate, and the helmet, and everything else. Amen. He says, wish we could dress the soldier up for you here. For him, he said, but we haven't got time. But I think for us, we have time this morning. Let's take the lions gathered about with a girdle. That's the belt that holds the rest of it together. Guard your loins with truth. In the day, brother, when there is all kinds of isms and fanaticism, it's time to guard yourself with the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. Praise be the name of the Lord. So truth. 
Truth is, is the belt. Amen. Is the girdle. He says it's hold all, th- all things together. You see the belt here. It holds my trouser. It holds my shirt. It keeps my all together. So truth, that's what it does to a believer. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. On Wednesday we spoke very much about truth. So we are just passing there to remind ourselves. Amen. So, what is truth? Truth is God's word. So, the devil is a liar. But the word of God is true. So even when the devil comes to you and says you are not saved. The word of God has not said that. But it is being said by the accuser of the brethren. He's the one telling you see you did this. You see you did this. You are not saved. Amen. But the truth of God's word says I am he that hear my, heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life. Uh, you are saved by meeting God's requirements. It's not by feelings. It's not by emotions. But by Meeting God's requirements. If you have heard the word of God and you have believed it and you are baptized in water and you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are saved. Regardless what the devil can say and choose yourself. Praise God. By his stripes, you were healed. The devil can come and say, you see the pain is still there. He's lying. That pain is lying. It is not speaking the truth. The truth is God's word. The truth is said you are saved. Amen. Amen. If the doctor tells you you have a few years to live, that is not truth. The truth is the word of God. And the Lord God wears all your diseases. If the doctors say Corona cannot be healed, Corona has no cure, they are lying. If they say cancer has no cure, cancer does not heal, they are lying. The Bible says God heals all our diseases. If they say AIDS has no cure, we have people here in the ministry who have been healed of AIDS. Amen. Checked and they are positive. Prayed for. Get healed. They go for a test again. And they are negative. HIV is gone. Why? God's word is true. The devil is a liar. And even science is a liar. 
praise God. One time, Jonah being swallowed by a fish and he took him down to the bottom of the sea his clothes in his belly and everywhere he turned was, he was just swallowing in the sea weeds and it's brother Brown. let me use the word brother Brown use it needs vomits and he touches and walls of the fish everywhere and he closed in darkness but he said all the things I'm feeling all the things I'm seeing all the things around me they are lying vanities they are lying vanities. All these symptoms are lying vanities. Once more, I'll look to your temple. In other words, the word of God is truth. All these are lies. Blessed be the name of the So the truth should be your guide. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So the truth of God is word. That's where we are resting. Brother Bram said. Brother Bram Yagamba. Uh, the devil chose man's head. But God chose his soul. To believe. The word of God. Then he preached a message he called. Wisdom versus faith. God when he made man he made him to live by faith in God's word but when the devil came to Eve he presented to her the tree of knowledge knowing good and evil and through science they have invented all the things that we see through the tree of knowledge but it is contrary to the word of God to faith in the word of God we were made to live by the word of God and not by science Science. Tell me how science can explain a woman that is 40 years, 50 years past menopause could have a child. Tell me how science can explain how water can turn into wine. Tell me how science can explain how Peter could walk on top of the water. Tell me how science can explain how a believer can lay hands on the sick and a tumor disappears and cancer disappears. Science cannot explain that. It cannot understand it. Therefore, don't believe science. Believe the word of God. I'm not saying you don't use science. We use it as a permissive will. But we, we as believers, we live by the word of God. Brother Branham in this subject said, the whole Christian armor is 
Not natural, but supernatural. He said, love is supernatural. Can science check my heart and see how love is presenting in my life? Can science see kindness in me? Long suffering? Can science see peace? Joy? It is beyond science. It is supernatural. So the thing that we see with our eyes and not what is a real but the things we don't see are more real than the things we don't see. Amen. That's why the prophet preached a message called looking at the unseen. Praise be the name of the Lord. Yes, we live there. Amen. Love is a very big force. And uh, that's where this world is uh, moving. We are, we are moving uh, by uh, without love. This world will will come to, na- to, 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 to nothing. Without love, this world would dismantle. So, but then can they see love by science? No. But love is real. Amen. Now, the gado, the belt, yeah, is uh, the truth. The truth. And the truth is more than what we see with naked eyes. Or it is more than what science says. All what we feel. The truth is the word of God. That is the truth. And that is Jesus. Jesus is the truth. So we are people who walk in the truth. Because we live by faith. In the word of God. Praise God. We are children of God. The world does not know that. And the world cannot uh, approve. That we are children of God. But that is the truth. We are children of God. Regardless of what the world thinks. We are children of God. Then he says. Then put on the breastplate of righteousness. Let us. Uh, leave the ghetto in the west. Let us go up to the breast area. And let us put on the breast plates of righteousness. Amen. Amen. So your chest must be guarded. And it is in your chest where the heart is. 
Amen. Amen. And if you're not uh, living a righteous life, you don't know where to stand. You have no confidence. You have no boldness. You have no faith. You are nervous. Yeah, you're scared. And the Bible said the wicked runs when no one is pursuing. Amen. Amen. That means you don't have courage. You don't know who you are. You don't know where you are. You You have no confidence. You have no self-esteem. You are scared. The wicked runs where no one is pursuing. But the bold, the, the righteous shall be bold like a lion. Amen. Amen. The righteous is bold. No wonder Jesus stood before them all and said, who can condemn me of sin? Paul said, I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Amen. You cannot withstand the devil if you're living a a wicked life, sinful life. So Paul tells you, make sure you are chased, is guarded with a breastplate of righteousness. You are walking in righteousness. Hallelujah. Now we are going to talk a little bit about righteousness. Amen, but let us start, uh, approach it from here. From this angle. I would see those soldiers come up from the quartermaster. And go up the road there just at attention. Walking. And at the school we had an old Sassafaras Paul there. And raise the flag, and those soldiers come would salute the flag. I thought, oh, my heart just beat. When I get big enough, I'm going to join the army. I think there are many boys who feel that way. I'll get plenty of clothes to wear. And if I can join the army, but when I got big enough, I was so crowny at to get in the army. 
and they wouldn't take me. But somebody accepted me. That's right. I'm in an army today. You might not be able to see my uniform. uniform but I know it's on anyhow. It's on the inside. I'm in the army of the Lord. <laughs> and so in the war, I tried to volunteer in everything. But they wouldn't. Didn't receive me. So they never even called me. That was the applied. But me in the minister's class and just never even called me. I, I guess my education was too poor to be classed as a chaplain. And then being a minister, they didn't draft me and so there I was. I was left out. But somehow or another, and even with my crown uneducated at all, God sent out a recruit one day, and I answered it. And I'm in his army now. And I'm doing the best that I can to fight the greatest battle that's ever fought. I wage against sin and evil and for righteousness. Praise God. Onward Christian soldiers marching us to war with a cross uh, before us. Amen. Jesus Christ is our royal master. So we fight, we wage against sin and evil. And we fight for righteousness. Amen. Amen. So every Christian is a soldier. You have your uniform on. Although it is not physical, but it is there. You are a fighter. You are a soldier in the army of the Lord. And you fight for righteousness. And you fight against sin and against evil. Praise be the name of the Lord. How can you fight against sin when you are living in sin? How can you fight against evil when you are evil? In other words, you as a Christian, you must live a holy life. A righteous life. A clean life. And then fight it also everywhere you go. You fight against sin. You fight against evil. You rescue people from the fetters of sin. You fight for people, you deliver them from the fetters of evil. Wickedness as a soldier of the Lord. Amen. Amen. 
And when the time when our battle is over, we shall wear a crown. We shall be rewarded. We shall receive ranks. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. For how much you have fought. Seen from our lives. Even from our lives. Seen from our families. From our churches. And then get those people. Who are in the prison. Imprisoned by sin. We call them out. We deliver. For them. We bring them to the house of God. We bring them to the kingdom of God where righteousness reigns. Praise be the name of the Lord. Brother Branham in the message, what is five definite identifications of the true church of the living God? He said, Every kingdom has a spirit. He said one time they were walking with his wife. And they said they saw women who passed them. Very indecently dressed. And his wife said, but how? Why? Why are we different? We are different from this. He said, you see, honey, it's because we are citizens of another kingdom. Every nation has a spirit. German spirit is military. From the time of Hitler, it's military spirit. Even the way they dress, even the size of the roads in German, they were, big, were built very big and very strong for war. Where the tanks would pass and word and word for war. So German has a German spirit. Even with the way women walk. Militarily. Men and women. Military spirit. And America spirit. America. It is a spirit of joking. It's a spirit of drama. It's a spirit of immorality. That's why Brother Bram said when he went to, uh, to Rome. He felt ashamed of being an American. Because that place where they put the bodies of the saints. That rainbow. He found a writing there specifically for American women. Say, American women, please put on clothes to respect the dead. Oh, he felt ashamed of being an American. So that's the kind of spirit. And when people go to America, they speak that American English. Gona wana. Gona wana. And, huh? and they think they are great. And then they dress American. They think to be American is nothing. It's a spirit of indecency. Immorality and even wickedness. God hates. Praise God. But we are 
also citizens of another kingdom. We belong to a kingdom. This world is not my home. I am just passing through it. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. We are pilgrims and strangers here. We are seeking a city to come. And our king is Jesus. And we are subjects to him. And we pledge a hundred percent allegiance to him. To obey him fully. And the spirit of this kingdom is a spirit of holiness. Decency. Righteousness. Hallelujah. That's where that spirit reigns. And the righteous, the unrighteous shall never enter there. That's why we see we have brothers and sisters in a country like America. You watch their videos. They are more decent than even the African churches. Because some of the, the churches of the blacks you get uh, so naughty. And you think it is great to look like this is a, a white man's way of putting on or dressing. So, no Rachel. Who is a white man? There is no white man's way of dressing. There is a godly way of dressing and a satanic way of dressing. At first, they used not to put on like that. And the devil entered there. And they started putting on that way. At first, white, white women used not to cut their hair. At first, white women used not to put on trousers. At first, white women used not to paint themselves up. So the devil entered them and you call it a white woman. And you copy the devil. But our brothers and sisters who are living in a white man's country because for them they have the spirit of the Lord on them. They are so decent. To meet us, it's a surprise. It's a wonder. Sometimes I look at the, the videos of the churches in America, Canada, those places, you see that the saints there, the girls are more decent. They are dressed to here. They are dressed very well. And, and wide and long. And you find a church in Africa. Full of marrow. You know, sisters are trying to put on tight things. And, and, and short things. What is the difference? The difference is the kingdom where you are living. 
You can be in America. America, and you are living in the kingdom of heaven. The spirit ruling in you is not American spirit. It is a heavenly spirit. And it's a spirit of decency. It's a spirit of righteousness. It's a spirit of holiness. And it's a spirit of power. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So righteousness as a breastplate. One writer said, a righteous minister is a menace to the devil. And let me say, every Christian, a righteous Christian is a menace to the devil. So the devil will look around you. He will seek what to choose you of. And he will fail to have it. And there you stand and face him. And you have all the, mo- the moral authority to tell him you are a devil. You are a sinner. You belong to hell. Go where you belong. I stand on my ground as a child of God. I'm an ambassador of the kingdom of God. I represent God. Amen. You'll be a headache to the devil. He will look for a scandal around you to put a scandal around you and he will fail. Amen. You will be a headache to him. So that means your chest is guarded. He's guarded. Every arrow he tries to shoot against you it will seize on that breastplate. It will not enter. Amen. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, how do we get righteous? Look at this scripture. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? That is 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Some people preach extreme grace. And some people just hide in grace, grace, grace. So they think that no, no matter what they do, no matter how they behave, they are under grace. That's a lie. The apostle comes to remind you. Say, no, ye know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Let no spirit, let no preaching deceive you. He said, neither fornicators. And you call yourself a believer. You make yourself a believer. And yet you are a fornicator. 
Nor idolaters. Do you worship your children? Do you worship your wife? Do you worship your husband? Do you worship your car? Do you worship your job? You see, Brother Bram told us that today idolatry is not bowing to a statue. It is more than that. He said you can worship, you can turn your car into an idol. Oh, my car, my car, my car. Oh, don't step in my car. You will die. I'm going to the garage to repair my car. And it's a service day. You're going to the garage. Hey, my children, my children. You find people don't want to train their children. They don't correct them. You find children are so loose. Even when they are among people, visitors around, they are seated anyhow. They talk anyhow. They bust everything around the house. They climb and step on every person there. You see, these are spoiled children. They have not been put to order. They have not been trained. And do you know the reason why? Brother Bram said, Brother Bram it is not children delinquency. It is parents delinquency. The parents, children, until they worship them, they can never put them together. They don't want anything that will uh, offend the child or that will Make the child unhappy. Our God is not like that. He rebukes us. He chastains us. And he said if we cannot stand chastisement. Then we are not children but bastards. Sometimes he subjects us to very hard trials. And those are try uh, those are whips chastisement so that we get so trained to come out with good discipline obedient though he was he was a child yet learned obedience by the things that he suffered who subjected them to those Sufferings. His father subjected him to sufferings so that he can learn obedience. Amen. So, <laughs> I remember there is a, a brother I visited. He was uh, an expatriate in Uganda. He was, he was working for UN. He was a very learned man. He's an Arabian. And he was living in Intinda, very posh place. And he told me he has lived for a whole year without a car. He sold his car. So that his children 
can learn to board taxi and walk to the stage. You know, to live like other people. To learn to live ordinarily. And to live in both worlds. They have lived in pleasure, in plenty. And wealth. Let them also live in luck. Stand at the stage. And push with all other people to enter into taxi. To learn that life. Training. I thought, yes, this is a real parent. A very rich man. Amen. Now, I believe that's a real good, uh, wise parent. Amen. Take your children to the farm. Let them learn to do farm work. Let them learn to dig. Let them learn to take care of goats. Let them learn how to pluck out those stamps, tree stamps. Life. Like they say, eagles don't eat the sky. You don't just live in the sky. That's life. Life is this ordinary life. Ordinary life where you solve issues and problems. Thanks be to the Lord. Yes. So, uh, that's what it means. Mm. So, let us go back here. We know that the unrighteous shall not inherit their kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators. Nor idolaters. So don't idolize your children. Don't idolize your wife. Don't idolize your husband. You must respect him. You must respect her. But not above God. Not above God. Not adulterers. Not affirmative. Not abusers of themselves with mankind. People who live immoral life with one another. No thieves. No covetous. A covetous person is the one who struggles to live a life that is beyond his means. And so, he will have a lot of debts because he's struggling to live a life that is above him. That's covetous. Covetous of this, that, 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 that. Big, 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 big things that he cannot even reach. Be meek like Jesus. 
Though he had everything, the heavens and the earth, the stars and the moon, the sun, he came and lived a simple life. No drunkards. Drunkard, you can be drunk with some passion and some love for something. Something that fills your mind and captures your mind and you are obsessed. Yeah. No railer, no, no revilers. Yeah, revilers. People who use a bad language. Abusive. No extortioners. Yeah, an extortioner is someone who has a very smooth mouth. To convince you, give him your money. And you think that money will be back just tomorrow. And getting hit from him becomes a very big problem. That is an extortioner. And we have such people. They are good to convince you. Until you have to give him all you have. Not knowing you are just giving it to a, a, a thief. It's just an extortioner. Just knows how to convince. Until you trust them. They win your trust very easily. Those are extortioners. They shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Such people, they are not righteous. So they shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Because this is the kingdom where righteousness only will reign. And such were some of you. But you are washed. But you are sanctified. But you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. And by the spirit of our God. Amen. Amen. First John chapter 3 verse 10. In this the children of God are manifest. And the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness. Is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother. In other words, if you are not doing righteousness, you are not of God. You may be a good preacher. You may be a good talker. You can testify well. But your deeds, if they are not deeds of righteousness, you are not careful to live a righteous life. And you dislike, you hate unrighteousness. No child Yes. Because the Bible says Bible. condemnation 
is not only to those who do the things. But even those who find pleasure. The Bible talks of uh, Lot. Actual brother Branham categorizes Lot as a, as a lukewarm believer. Brother Branham but because Lot has a connection with Abraham, he had a good sense of righteousness. And when he could see things that were going in Sodom, he could not find pleasure in them. And the Bible says it always vexed his righteous soul. Vexed. No. A righteous person. He loves righteousness. He is living righteous. He hungers for righteousness. And he is vexed by unrighteousness. Yeah, Brother Branham would see a woman behave in a funny way. Brother Branham Yalabango Mukazi You mean my daughter Rebecca and Sarah Rebecca and Sarah are going to grow in this kind of an environment, this kind of, of a society, he would feel vexed to see a woman behaving in a certain way that they should not behave. But if you find this brother, this brother, sister, sister, this daughter of yours, this son of yours, she flows very well with the unrighteous. They are her best friends. Put on gold, trousers, women, nakedness, drinking, carrying on, living in fornication. They are boyfriends. And she knows about it. But that's their company. That's her company. She likes to flow with that. And daddy, will you allow me to go for two? To party of my friends. My friends, my hobbies are going. They have an outing. To certain such a place. Will you allow me to go with them? There is a problem there. What makes you attracted, attracted to such a company? What attracts you there? That's a problem. You have a problem. Yeah. Lot is better than you. Although he was a, he was a make believer. I mean, he was though he was lukewarm. No. Yeah, the unrighteous will never inherit the kingdom of God. Even those who find pleasure. Now, how do we become 
How do we get righteous? Of course, a human being in his nature, he cannot be righteous. Shaped in iniquity, born in sin, cannot have, cannot be righteous. But, we shall appear before Jesus, or before God, wrapped in the righteousness of Jesus. So, the righteousness of a believer is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Listen to this quote. You believe yourself. Then you say you are saved. Then you act like you are Then you associate with those that are saved. And it works righteousness. You just obtain the righteousness of God. Just like you obtain healing. This is how you obtain righteousness. You believe yourself. You confess yourself. You act saved. You associate with the saved. Then it works righteousness. And after a while, Everybody knows you are saved. Do you see what brings righteousness? You believe you are saved. No matter how unsaved you feel. No matter how many temptations you feel. No matter how dirty you feel, how unholy you feel, you believe yourself. Confess that you're saved. Associate with the saved. You will get it. It will come to you. It will be worked in you. By God. Amen. Amen. Do you see even what you associate with matters? Yeah. Be categorized. With a saved. If you are anywhere at school, at work, those who are saved stand up. Those who are saved hands up. We are saved. You call yourself like that. We are saved. Identify yourself with a saved. Walk with a saved. Be on the side of the saved. Yatura. Confess that you're saved. And behave like a saved person. Do you know that even if you're healed and you don't behave like you're healed, you can't get healed? That's why Peter told the other lame man, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ. Stand and walk. He didn't walk. 
And he took hold of him. And he raised him up. Made him to stand. You have to walk like your heel. You have to stand like your heel. Cast away your staff. When he stood like this, the Bible says strength entered in his ankles. And he said, I'm okay. And he walked. Hallelujah. Amen. You also, if you believe it, behave like it. I'm saved. Confess it. Believe it. Behave like you're saved. Walk with the saved. Sing with them. Testify with them. Preach with them. Hallelujah. Amen. Be at their side. Identify yourself with them against sin. Then you'll get righteousness. Another way. The Bible says. Blessed are they that are hung and thirst. After righteousness. For they shall be filled. You get righteousness. When you hunger. And thirst after it. You must know that you are not. But you need it. Because you want to look like your heavenly father. And without it, you can never make it. Therefore, thirst, hunger, get to the altar, plead, God, check sin from me. Take these sinful desires out of me. Change my, my talking. Change my thinking. Take these passions of the flesh out of me. I don't want the things. Lord, I'm here on the altar. And I'm pleading. Let this sinful nature die. I don't want it, Lord. I need to be righteous. I hunger for it, Lord. So blessed are such people. For they shall be filled with what? With righteousness. And what is righteousness? Righteousness is the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God. Brother Branham said there is no holy church. There is no holy mount. There is no holy mountain. But it is the holy God on the mountain. It's a holy God in the church. So it's a holy God in man. So what is righteous about you is God, the righteous one, living in you. So when you hang and thirst, you shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Moses, remove your shoes. For the ground where thou standest is a holy ground. 
Let me tell you. That mountain there. If you go there today and drink. Alcohol. Is it different from an alcohol that you drink here? That mountain is there even now. There is nothing holy about it. Nothing. But what made it holy was that pill of fire, the Shekinah glory, the Logos, the son of the angel that covered the mountain. That's what made it a holy ground. That Pill of fire. That glory. It all condescended. Into Jesus. So Jesus. Was that a holy man. Walking on earth. Because that presence. All of it was in him. And when he died. That spirit came out of him. Came back on the door Pentecost. And it filled his disciples. That same Holy Spirit. Is what we are receiving today. So blessed are they that hunger. And thirst after him. For they shall be filled. And when you are filled with that Holy Spirit. You are filled with that holiness that was on that mountain. So blessed are they that hang up at that of the righteous. They shall be filled. Amen. Amen. Another way. We seek to know we hang and thirst. And then we, we, see also, we see here also we seek to know Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and the rest shall be added unto you. So we seek it. You don't seek what you have. You seek what you don't have. But now there is a promise. A positive promise that once you seek it You'll find it. What about people who just sleep the whole every day, every night, every week, every month? They never fast. You who are hearing me in your home, I wish you can ask you one another. When did you last fast? When did you last ask 12 hours? When did you last ask first 24 hours? No eating, no drinking. When did you last first two days? For the eight hours. When did you last first? And why are you not seeking the kingdom of God? Why? And knowing that in this world you are just a pilgrim. You are temporarily, there. You are temporarily here. 
Why are you not seeking the kingdom of God? And its righteousness. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of righteousness. Why aren't you seeking its righteousness? Blessed are they that hang and thirst after right, righteousness. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And the rest shall be added unto you. Amen. Amen. So the breastplate of righteousness. A righteous Believer is a menace to the devil. Amen. Otherwise, otherwise, the devil will tell you, will point back at you and say, Jesus we know. Paul we know. But who are you? Amen. Praise God. Now, we are dressing our soldier. Seems like I'm taking long. But bear with me in a short while. I'm going to finish. This is our soldier now. A girdle in his waist. And on his chest, he has a breastplate shielded. The devil cannot shoot an arrow in his heart of conviction. He's free. He's justified. He's free from sin. And if his feet showed with the preparation of the gospel. The shoes are not I mean the feet are not naked. Praise God. They have a strong boot. No prick. That can affect him. He's ready to walk everywhere. To take the gospel. Praise be the name of the Lord. Now listen to this quote. Now I want you to ask, to ask you something. This morning before we start into the Sunday school lesson. What is value? I've been thinking on it. If I had enough throat this morning, I'd preach on that subject. But my thought bad. Okay. okay. New Albert, um, he said, um, I've got this meeting coming up here. New Albert, you know, those ignore because uh, we are just reading the whole thing to come to a point. And then uh, the, the campaigns are starting. Want to teach on something this morning from the scripture, but what? But what is value? My mother, I don't guess she's here. 
I don't see her anywhere. Is she? Yes, ma'am. You're getting little. So I asked her yesterday. I asked her the subject. Because I've been studying on it. You never get thing on your mind. Just start studying. Brother Weber, you, you, you done that a many a time and just uh, start studying. What is value? And I begin to think I said, you know, if I had a hundred million dollars laying here in a pile, and I had a little button here. If I press this button, I lose my hundred million dollars. But I get to talk with my old dad that's gone on. As one hour. A motor being again. What would I do? No hesitation. I would press the button. I'd give a hundred million dollars this morning to sit my daddy down in this chair while I teach this lesson. See? What, what is money worth? How much more is a soul than money? A hundred million dollars. If he's told here you can press this button and all your hundred million dollars will go. To purchase an opportunity of your dad coming back to life. And you talk to him only one hour. He said he would not hesitate. Do you know you who still have your fathers and mothers? And you don't see that as a great value? You don't cherish them? You're, take th you're taking things for granted. You don't know. That's great value. Than a hundred million dollars. So what is value? Now mama. You remember when I had that little old tip. T model Ford. Little old 26 model. How I would polish that thing. He was talking to his mother. A day before, now he he's bringing the same story to the church. Ah, I wish this was a subject now this uh, the day uh, where, we are, where we are just talking about what is value. Some of you think of uh, 
getting, you say, I wish I can get money. I buy my mother's car. She's been good to me. And I wish I can buy her land. I wish I can build her good house. All that is good. You love it. God will respect that for honoring your mother, your father. But what is value? Is that more value? Very important value? Let me tell you what is of a higher value than that. Is to pray for them day and night and win them to the Lord. Brother Branham, the first time he saw Jesus like face to face, Brother he said he had spent a whole night in a cornfield praying for the salvation of his father. That is value. And even his very mother he was talking with here when he was at the point of her death. Brother Branham came by. Okay. She was so unconscious and weak. And he asked her, Mommy, Mama, uh, do you know this one called so and so? He mentioned the name of his brother. She didn't, she didn't move. Mama, he said, do you know where you are? She didn't move. He said, mommy, do you know me that is talking to you? She didn't motion. Then he asked, mommy, do you know Jesus? She, she did it. Like, yes. Though weak, oh, Brother Branham just wept. Brother Branham said, Mommy, if you left us with hundreds of acres of land and miles of land, it would not be equal to what you have left us with. To know you have gone knowing Jesus that we shall have an opportunity of meeting you again. Now that is value. That is value. So we people who don't invest in winning souls, do we know really the real value of life? Huh? How are you would polish that thing? I was just a kid. About 16, 17 years old. I was a sinner then. And sometimes I was working with Mr. Genda. Back there. After Sunday afternoon. Sunday morning, I would go down and sharpen up all the bits and things for the air compressor and clean it up. Sunday afternoon, I would polish that little old Ford till it looked like the paint would almost come off of it. What is it? What, what if I tried this morning to find one piece of that Ford? What if I tried to find one of those bits of that air compressor? 
the same time I could have been winning souls. Ford that he loved so much like that. The one that he used to cut. He could not even get a nut or a nail from it. It's gone. How we spend a lot of time and a lot of hour. Minds and affections. And concentration. And devotion. On cleaning our homes, our vehicles, our dogs, our cows, our cats, and a lot of all of you in studies, which is okay as long as we are human beings. But let God and his word and his kingdom be above all that. So he's, he's wishing the time and the efforts and the energy he spent cleaning that car. He's wishing he spent it winning souls. I was polishing my Ford. I, wa- I wonder where value is. I worked on Sunday morning up there. Much as they would let me, I appreciated it. Because uh, I was in debt. But where did, where did it get me? What did it win? Brother Lee for, Lee Ford, what if somebody... Came to you, brother and, I. and brother Nivel this morning, all of us here, the three of us rather, and say, Ministers, we want to give each one of you a million dollars. Somebody was worth could do it. And I, I said, Now, brother Lead Ford, brother Nivel, I tell you what, let us do, let us go out and find all the poor people. That we can. Let every little home happy. By getting the kiddies some clothes. And paying off the the mortgage. Or buying this little place. We would never miss it. A million dollars a piece. Why the interest off of it? Take care of as much as we could do with that. Put it in some good investment or something. And then what would we do? That would be fine. That not let nobody know nothing about it. Our hearts would feel satisfied. But now in a hundred years from today, brethren, it would take a miracle of God if we are still living a hundred years from today. You know that. Now we'd be in eternity. What good would the million dollars do? All, all the feeding of the poor and things that we done. See, it wouldn't amount to very much. If I had a million 
If I had a billion this morning, what good would it do us after we are gone? But let us tell you something. We haven't got that money. You are a poor you are a poor man, all of us are. That's right. We live by the arms of the people. Being ministers. But brother, in Africa, one little black boy about this high. All a prostitute, a prostitute of the street yonder in Lucifer. Well, so saved in eternity. When that star is shining yonder, our name will be wrapped into it. There is your value. It isn't how much you got. How much you desire. It's how much you can do toward serving source for Christ Jesus. Our money will fade. What is value? Ah! The other time I went with a certain brother in Nigeria. The Nigerian embassy. Brother Katale. Brother Katale. We are planning to go together to West Africa. We are taking their passports. I saw a picture of a girl. She has a crown on office here. We are Nigerian embassy. In their office, the Nigerian embassy. And I told him that girl. Why she's hanged here? Because she was once Miss Universe. And he looked at her and said, What is so different about her? You see what we Miss Uganda. You know there is uh, being a Miss Uganda. But there are those that Miss, uh, Miss, Miss USA. Miss. Over Miss USA. But now Miss Universe. Miss Universe. Like we are the most beautiful woman on the universe. Everybody would wonder, oh, What is unique? What is now, then I started uh, uh, educating Katale how they choose the Miss, the Miss, the Misses. I told him, it's not only about their physics. Their physical appearance. No. That one. Is that the physical uh, appearance is given certain marks? Maybe it costs 40%. Then other things are given different marks. Yeah, they even check their wisdom. They will ask her. Uh -huh. Billion, billion shillings. If I would give you two billion Ugandan shillings, what would you do with it? I can buy my mother a car. I can buy a two million car. I would a house on Lake Victoria. And I would be happy. And they say this one is empty. This one is empty. Now, however beautiful you would appear. And you don't have the mind of a wise. So however beautiful you might be. And you don't have the mind of a wise and beautiful woman. Like the Bible says. 
But one might give out wise thoughts and words. And she would say, I was brought up in a family. Family of Yatawans, when you age, Bantuan, you know, cousins, many people, women, girls, never orphans, and a lot of orphans. And I've seen and noticed how those orphans have suffered. If I would get that two billion, Zimbabwe orphanage, I would build an orphanage, and I will try to help those orphans, I will help them, and I would pay fees for them, and send them to school. And they will notice that wisdom. You see, can you compare that the one who has said I'll build a beautiful house on Lake Victoria, buy an expensive But nuria, the quality of your mind. But nuria, Not only the, the appearance of your body. Yes, the way you smile, you physique, that one adds like 40%. And they also check your wisdom. By the way, by the way, you can marry a beautiful sister. But in her way of thinking, zero. Zero marks. Zero. Zero. She will not impart any qualities in your children. So that they can come out to be real saved children. She will not train them. And they will come out to be quality children. Pepper. But she's good. She looks good. Because you cannot give what you don't have. If you don't have enough Christianity, and you love the word, you love Jesus, you love righteousness, you love heavenly things, you love good morals, and you hate bad morals. What then will you impart in others? But to make them demigods in your home. These ones who jump up and down. They go down everything and tear up everything. They are not even trained up. You they don't know the Bible. They cannot pray. They only think about going to beaches and to swim. That's what mother trained them. As a, value, a valuable thing that she know of. Now this one should help you young boys who have not yet married. Don't just marry appearance. You'll marry hell for yourself and it will trouble you. And you'll marry a woman and she'll be repenting all the time. As she fell with the men. Perhaps you think that's not found in the message. How do you really enjoy such a marriage? What she looks at as value. 
Yeah. A man who can take her out and buy her chips and chicken. And takes her to the beach and the value. That's what she looks at as value. That's the one that you married. A child of God. You married a paper. Jesus also is asking you. You, his wife, what is value? He's asking you what is value. What do you cherish as value? Is it money? Is it a good car? Is it a, is it a prosperous life? Prosperity? Riches and wealth. What is value? And you find preachers, their, their emphasis is on money, riches, driving a good car, having a good house, having a visa to America. That is their gospel. Jesus cannot marry such a paper. Empty tin. It is empty. That's what they've turned into the gospel. Wasting their time emphasizing things that will, will perish. Under thoughts of their people. Than to seek righteousness. And character. The character of Christ. Jesus cannot marry such a thing. So what is value? So brother Bram is saying So brother Bram is saying all my efforts and my strength that I spent cleaning up that fault. Wishes he had spent that time in winning souls. I polished that little photo this morning. Setting up there in the garage is a Cadillac that they gave me. But one of these days that Cadillac will be like the Ford is. It will be no more. But God will still be the same. But if I get us so saved for Christ, brother, as long as there is an eternity, the glory of God will, will rest on that soul. In other words, if I make an effort to serve a soul, it's more than that Cadillac. It's more than that degree. It's more than becoming a professor. It's more than building a powerful thing. So with all your efforts, save a soul. Save a soul of your mother than to do her great physical thing. Save a soul of your dad. Save a a soul of your child. Than to give him the highest education on earth. 
I'm not saying those physical things you shouldn't do there. But this is higher in value. So what is value? Anyhow. Yeah, save your neighbor. Win a soul. I hear in scout they, they can send you and say, go and bring a snake. Go and hunt for a snake and bring it alive. Bring it here. That's a test. They want to give you marks. You have to go and for a snake. Use possible tricks. Untrap a snake, bring it here alive. Alive. Now, if they can give you a challenge of hunting a snake, what about winning a soul? Even if you say, by night time today, I have to bring a soul to God. You can do it. You can do it. Go and visit a family. Preach them the word. Pray for them. Persuade them. Show them hell. How hot it is. And show them how good heaven is. And show them how Jesus loves them and he died for them. How he paid with his blood and his to save them and to help them. Use all wisdom and shrewdness and win a soul to God. When you bring it, Hey, count it as a value. And then another day, bring another one. Another day, bring another soul. Spend nights praying for them, pleading for them. Then go and speak to them when you're in anointing. You will win somebody. That is value. Your feet showed with the preparation of the gospel. Do you know the more you win souls, the more you talk about Jesus, the more revival you feel. Winning souls bring revival. Testifying. It brings a revival. Do you know prayer brings a revival? It says I believe on fire. But let me tell you, again, winning souls, I don't know which one even brings more fire. But a Christian who testifies to the sinners about Christ, there is always a fire that ignites in their hearts. So, what is value in hell? What good does it do when the struggles is in your throat and the doctor sees the pulse coming up your sleeve? What good is all about the money and all the popularity? People to pat you on the back. You become a great, a great person. What good does that do? To you? Not a bit. It vanishes. 
and stays here on the earth. But one so saved, you will see that your name wrapped into it. As long as the morning star shall glitter in the sky. So let's, let's save souls, brethren. Each one, you housewives, you don't have to be a preacher. You do something for the glory of God. You remember eternal things is what lasts forever. And that's getting so saved. And that is getting so saved. Let that be the first thing of all your work and all your ideas and all your motives. Mm. Thanks be to the Lord. How many have taken this message that I've preached this morning and you're saying I'm going to take it as the most valuable thing in my life. If you think studying is but this one is more than studying. If you think riches are valuable this one is of more value. This one is of more value. Well I can't finish this subject. But we are seeing here shield of faith. Helmet of salvation. Sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God. Paul is telling them to be Let's put on the whole arm of God. I love him. I love him. Because he first loved me and purchased my salvation on Calvary's string. Hallelujah. I love him. I Love him because he first loved me and purchased my salvation. Oh, praise Has the Lord spoken to your heart? You want to speak back to him. You have just some, some short moment. Tell him what you feel in your heart. Speak to him. Surely, you need a revival. Surely, you need to be dressed up as a real soldier. Your feet should be dressed with the gospel boots. Your waist should be guarded. Yes. Hey. With the truth. Your chest with a breastplate of righteousness.
and with a sh- you should have a shell of faith and the sword in your hand which is the word of God and the helmet of salvation Yes. Wow. You are a soldier in the arm of the Lord. Praying always. Stay in prayer. Live a prayed up life.
Oh, to go and change 